During the season, we will do a weekly fantasy bonus episode as part of our Lockdown Seahawks lineup. We will keep you updated weekly on the grind of the fantasy season. Today, it's about the draft in the first ever Fantasy Friday episode of Lockdown Seahawks. You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, 12s. I am your host for this Fantasy Friday, the first Fantasy Friday episode here on Locked On Seahawks. Nick Lee here. You can follow me at Nick Lee 51 on Twitter. I will be the main host of these episodes throughout the season with various guests and co-hosts along the way. Going at it solo for today. That's all right. This episode is brought to you by Dave. Hindsight is 2020 and you can't change the past. But what if you could get a little help from your future self? Maybe you'd ask to borrow a little cash. Now you can with Dave. Is the, with Dave. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or to catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with the extra cash. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's Dave, D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply at banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC. Future you will thank you. Kicking off our first Lockdown Seahawks bonus Fantasy Friday episode, I first want to do a disclaimer. My disclaimer is that there are so many moving parts and variables to every single player, every single game. What I want to do here is play percentages, play odds. What are the likeliest scenarios? We all watch football. We know that anything can happen any given Sunday. Guys get hurt, unfortunately. Others rise to the occasion because of those injuries or otherwise. We're going to do our best here on these Fantasy Friday episodes to set yourself up for success and build a strong foundation. And maybe, you know, I have a friend who is relying on me for fantasy advice, which is a, is a pretty... Um, pretty big burden, and uh, he's he's a more of a novice. And he says, just get me to the point where I don't embarrass myself on the office pool of fantasy. And that's kind of my goal here is to help you do that, especially if you're new. Um, and we're also going to keep this, you know, Seahawks themed as well. So it's not a perfect science. There's a lot of there's an innumerable variables that come with a fantasy season. You know, it's gambling. You know, it, it's it's a chance. It's a bet. So we'll see when the season starts. We'll do a little bit more of the the stardom or sit them, you know, waiver wire kind of things. And also keep it Seahawks involved, um, keeping and keeping in mind the Seahawks and the team they're playing, um, just to see, just to keep it kind of Seahawks themed and, and, and with their opponent each week. This week, as the season hasn't started yet, we're going to focus on the draft, building a strong foundation with your fantasy team, and keep a more draft theme episode. So the first segment here we'll go over some draft strategies, and then the second segment we'll go into more Seahawks specific and maybe which Seahawks players to draft in your fantasy league and when. So without further ado, let's dive into it. So first, I'm going to talk about which league I'm going to do kind of a, the preview for. And I'm going to focus more on the leagues where it's uh, the slots are two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, and a flex or two. My league I'm playing right now um, is <clears throat> is, a, is a league actually um, with my brother-in-law in Wales. It's a Yahoo league. My brother-in-law in Wales, yes, the country Wales, <laughs> runs this like five conference, 12 team per conference 
mega 72 team fantasy league. It's like Excel spreadsheets, weekly newsletters, the whole bit. Um, it's really fun. A lot of pressure, but really fun. Um, so I'm going to stick with the, the leagues I'm more familiar with. So um, the, the in that league specifically, I have two running back slots, two wide receiver slots, a tight end slot, and two flex slots. So flex, meaning a wide receiver, running back, or tight end. Any of those three can be fit into the slot. Um, so obviously draft strategies, it depends on where you're drafting, when and where. Now, if you're lucky enough to be picking first overall in your fantasy draft, congratulations, you have Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> Please pick Jonathan Taylor first overall if you have that uh, that honor, that distinction. Um, he, he's the number one fantasy projected player this season by a large margin, in fact. Um, and last year, he finished second overall in fantasy points to Cooper Cup, the reigning fantasy king who himself should be drafted pretty early. But I would argue that maybe there's a slight regression there, um, especially with some uncertainty with Matt Stafford. And just, you know, the overall Super Bowl hangover for the Rams, I would lean towards Jonathan Taylor, number one overall. I think that's that's pretty cut and dry. And if you're number two, Christian McCaffrey. I know some people kind of want to wipe their hands of him with his injury history, but when he is healthy, he is consistently the best fantasy player out there. So I know that's a big caveat when healthy. That's a lot of fantasy is when, when, if, when and if guys are healthy. Um, so Christian McCaffrey, I think, would still be worth the number two pick. And if those top two running backs are gone, and then you can maybe think about the Cooper Cups. The um, but, but still, even then, I just want to go straight up. Prioritize running backs. Running backs, the list of running backs that are elite fantasy running backs is a, is not as deep as it is at wide receiver. So it's a bit more top-heavy. So prioritize running backs in the first couple rounds. Because, you know, with wide receivers, obviously, naturally, there's there's more wide receivers on the field at a time than there are running backs, more opportunities for, for points. So Jonathan Taylor, number one overall, easily. I'd say that even the top five, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, I think, is, is going to be an excellent, excellent fantasy player. Um, Derek Henry, of course, the injury a little bit scares me from last year. Um, and the usage, Dalvin Cook, always a big threat. Um, and, and a guy I want to highlight as well um, going down the line here. Is you, well, let me start with this. You want to have um, a bell cow running back. You don't want to draft a running back, especially in the first couple rounds. That is not a bell cow, not a workhorse RB one. You don't want a guy that's that's in a fan of, or a, a running back by committee. Just don't do it. Stay away from those guys the first few rounds. Now, talking PPR versus non PPR. If you've heard that phrase, you're unfamiliar with it. PPR is point per reception. Some fantasy leagues award points to your fantasy team based on, on you know per reception. So a player catches a pass, there's a point. Um, some are half points, some are whole points, and some don't reward that at all. It depends on the league you play. The league I play in, like I mentioned, my my Welsh Yahoo Fantasy League um, awards half a point per reception. So mine is technically a PPR league. Um, so in those, so if you're not in a PPR league, if you're in a league that does not award points for receptions, I would especially focus on your first three rounds, get two elite running backs, because then receiver kind of gets a little bit less valuable with not being uh, points for, for uh, receptions. So especially in a non-PPR league, prioritize two elite bell cow RB1 type running backs. And then, get of course, receiver is still very valuable, so make sure to get a third receiver. And basically my theme is your first three picks, two running backs, wide receiver. However you want to mix that in, if you, are, if you really feel strongly about Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson – you know, Stephon Diggs, those kind of receivers. If any miss out on the top couple of running backs, go ahead. But make sure 
your next two rounds are starting elite running backs. You don't want to miss out. Um, if you are in a PPR league like me, um, think about running backs that also rack up the catches that are involved in the passing game. Najee Harris out of Pittsburgh led all of running backs last year, which is very impressive as a rookie. I believe he was a rookie with 74 catches last year, which would lead would have led some of the NFL teams in receptions period, regardless of running back receiver tight end. Pretty impressive. 74 catches. Austin Eckler from the Chargers just below him at 70. So those two running backs notched the 70 catch plateau as receiver as running backs. So if you were in a PPR, a point per reception league, I would advise you to say to prioritize guys like that. Guys that are going to be heavily involved in the offense, regardless of its pass or run. Um, so Najee Harris, Austin Eckler are big in that scenario. Another guy that isn't necessarily top 10 lists or top five lists to watch out for, even maybe late round one, early round two, Aaron Jones from Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers lost his favorite, you know, security blanket favorite toy, Tay Adams, who is now in Las Vegas. And I think he's going to rely heavily on Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is a proven commodity on that Green Bay offense. Not a lot of proven commodities now for Aaron Rodgers to throw to and to hand off to. So Aaron Jones is going to get a plenty, a bevy, a, a plethora of, of touches, be it on the run or the pass. So um, late first round, early second round, I would suggest um, Aaron Jones get you, uh, give you give Aaron Jones a look because he's going to get plenty of action in Green Bay. Now, before the first three rounds end, I really want to, to and I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm the the guru. But in my opinion, this is what I would do. I'm gonna, I'm going to start to phrase it that way. Before the third round ends, I want to make sure I have two elite starting bell cow, high volume, high touch volume, running backs, and a, a top receiver. Now Corbin and I on on the Locked On Seahawks podcast uh, maybe a month or so ago, we're talking about the top ten lists, and the top ten lists for receiver and the top ten lists for running backs. Receivers are stacked. This receiver group is stacked this year, um, much more so than running back. So you prioritize diving into that depth at running back first, making sure to get some of those top-heavy uh, running backs before you think about receiver. So after three rounds, however you want to do it, I advise two running backs a receiver just to, to establish that, that strong foundation. Um, and as far as wide receivers, of course, we have the Cooper Cup, who's the reigning fantasy king. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams in Las Vegas now, and Stephon Diggs in Buffalo, I think are the top five. You can throw C.D. Lamb in there. Debo Samuel, um, just with his usage at San Francisco, is going to get plenty of plenty of hype. I am worried about Tyreek Hill, um, just in Miami. Obviously, going from Patrick Mahomes to Tua Tagovailoa, a little bit of a drop-off <laughs> there, um, even though he's insistent <laughs> on social media. You know, he's backing up his quarterback. You know, I can't fault him for that. So Keenan Allen, I think I would personally maybe pick Keenan Allen over Tyreek Hill. In this rankings I'm looking at here on ESPN, Tyreek Hill is actually ranked ahead of Keenan Allen. I think Keenan Allen should be should be ahead. So before the end of round four, you should have two elite running backs, at least one elite receiver. And then that fourth one's kind of a wild card between elite receiver or if you have an opportunity to, excuse me, if you have an opportunity to draft one of the elite tight ends in the league, that being... Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, or Kyle Pitts. I think those are the three that'll set you apart. Now, don't don't sleep on George Kittle, um, but there's a precarious situation at quarterback in San Francisco. Trey Lance unproven, so otherwise George Kittle absolutely on that list. But I think he more falls victim to the the uncertainty at quarterback in San Francisco. Darren Waller in Las Vegas also a fine tight end, but 
in round four, you know, two running backs, get that receiver, and then either in round four, a, a second elite receiver or one of the top three tight ends in Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and Kyle Pitts. But um, certainly after four rounds, you and, and I know that late in round four, you're going to get a little trigger happy with quarterbacks. Um, you know, you, you're going to want to notch that guy. Obviously, you don't want to wait too long, but I want you to resist. I think it's okay to feel natural about getting a quarterback in there, but hold your fire <laughs> until round five for quarterbacks. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes, I think, are the clear three top quarterbacks in, in fantasy. Um, but be, before you start thinking about quarterbacks, I really want you and me, when I do my draft later um, in, in a week or so, to have a solid foundation of four flex players, whether that two running backs, two wide receivers, the two starters, um, or two elite running backs, a wide receiver, and elite tight end. Get those four. That's, that's a core four. You want a core four a foundation around the quarterback you're going to draft. That'll really what will make or break your fantasy. So what will make or break your fantasy season, in my opinion, is not the quarterback you draft. It is your depth at, especially running back, but depth at the flex positions, running back, receiver, tight end. That will make your break your tight end. I tried a different strategy last year, full disclosure. I drafted Aaron Rodgers like in the third round last year just to see, you know, what would happen. I tanked. I was a terrible, terrible fantasy. My running backs dropped like flies. I had zero depth. It was terrible. My worst fantasy season I ever had. I've been playing fantasy football for about 15 years. That was my worst one. So I don't advise taking that that kind of strategy. Um, and so round, so round five, two running backs, two elite wide receivers, and and or receiver tight end. And then then I would go maybe one of the elite quarterbacks. But by after five picks, either have one of those top three quarterbacks or double down on depth at running back or tight end or wide receiver. So, and with those quarterbacks, you know, it, it's, it's not as imperative to get a top five, four or top four or five quarterback in fantasy. It's just not, um, it's not going to make or break you. If you don't get Josh Allen, Mahomes, you know, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, it's not going to, it's not going to really kill you. Obviously in the real life NFL wins and losses that will matter, but in fantasy, it's a totally different game. You know, you guys like Kyler Murray, even Jalen Hurts in Philly, are going to put up numbers. Tom Brady, of course, is going to be good for some good fantasy numbers. Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, those guys can still lead you to victory on your fantasy season. So it's going to make your your depth at wide receiver and running back will make or break your fantasy team more so than, than the quarterback that you pick or don't pick. So after six rounds, you should have two legit starting running backs, an elite wide receiver and preferably another one for four, and then another tight end and then the quarterback. I think the, I think that would be the the – the route I would go for the first six. And at that point, that's a solid foundation. I'm not going to tell you how to pick, you know, pick for pick all the way down to round 14. Um, but I think that's a really, really good solid foundation, you know, best player available from there on in round seven through 14. Yeah. Best player available. Make sure you fill in on depth there. And then a few tricks to end here. The first segment, uh, if you're new, beware of bye weeks beware of drafting players with the same bye week. You don't want to have a bye week where you have like half your team out. So be wary of who has what bye week when you're starting to draft, you know, ignore it for the first couple because you want the elite guys. But once you get into like your third, fourth running back, third, fourth receiver, second, third tight end, be wary that you're not doubling up on bye weeks. It's okay to double, but don't triple up, you know? Um, so just be wary of that. And on defense, you know, people want to draft the elite proven defenses over and over again. I would stay away from that. I actually would draft a defense in the last couple rounds. I don't think I would go earlier than that um, because really with defenses, it's about matchups. I would go for the 
I would look for favorable early matchups in the season for defenses. You know, maybe the defense that's playing the Jets, the Giants, the Seahawks, unfortunately, you know, the teams that are going to be playing multiple bad offenses, I think are, are good bets, even if they're somewhat mediocre defenses or that's what the perception is. I think that that's where you'd go to, to draft a defense, but do not reach. I would rather you add depth to your flex positions that you're running backs, receivers, tight ends, than reach for a defense or special teams. I just don't think that that's a good idea. Um, you're better served adding to your depth there um, in your flex positions. And then kickers as well. They're unpredictable. Um, I'd say wait to the last round, pick one that has that either plays in a dome or plays on a good defense, a good offense where they're going to have opportunities for field goal attempts and extra points. Um, obviously there's a couple elite guys out there, but I don't, I wouldn't obsess over that. Um, also maybe not going to make or break your fantasy season. So again, solid foundation there, prioritize running backs and uh, don't sweat over getting the top two or three quarterbacks build depth under those in your flex positions. Coming up in our second segment, I dive a bit more into the Seahawks specifically when it comes to the fantasy draft. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Fantasy Friday episode of Locked on Seahawks. Life can be full of challenges. Recently, my family has undergone significant strife with family members dealing with debilitating health issues, including cancer. It's been a struggle for me coping with it mentally. Life can be full of twists and turns, so it's important to show yourself through it all. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. Therapy worked wonders for me, but don't just take my word for it. Having someone in your corner to guide you when you're struggling to navigate obstacles can be invaluable. It's not a crisis line. It's not a self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. With therapy, it can take a few tries to find the right fit for you. BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself. BetterHelp has a special offer to our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash locked on. Welcome back, 12s. I'm your host for this Fantasy Friday episode. I'm Nick Lee. If you're listening to this, you're likely a Seahawks fan, and you're going to want to draft a Seahawk player or two just for fun, you know, because you're, you're a Hawk fan and that's, that's a natural feeling. It's, it's okay. Um, so the, the point, the, the questions are who should you draft and when the top three fantasy players on the Seahawks are Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf and Rashad Penny, not necessarily in that order, but those are the three I think that, that are, are draftable Seahawks players. And when you hear the, the acronym ADP, that is average draft position. I'm going to refer to that a few times here. Obviously, that there's a tenuous situation at quarterback in Seattle, and uh, that will directly affect these three uh, draft picks or these three potential fantasy draft picks. And another interesting conundrum: maybe do you draft TK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett, depending on you know, who you prefer? And, and if you're faced with that scenario, who do you pick between the two? TK Metcalf's ADP, average draft position um, per Fantasy Pros, is 48, which in a 12-team league is right around uh, right. right at the end of uh, round four, beginning round five. So, and Lockett is 92. So over 40 picks later at a mid seventh round pick or so. Um, so the the fantasy pros clearly think DK Metcalf is a superior fantasy player this year or will be compared to Tyler Lockett. However, Tyler Lockett technically had um, 11 more fantasy points last year in the Yahoo PPR league that I'm part of um, than Metcalf last year. And again, we don't have to, I don't have to rehash this for you. The Seahawks quarterback situation was a bit interesting last year. <laughs> um, DK Metcalf 
seemed to do a lot better with, without Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett seemed to thrive with Russell Wilson and maybe disappeared otherwise. Um, so of course this year, the Seahawks are not going to have Russell Wilson. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, if you're living under a rock, <laughs> um, Tyler Lockett last year averaged just nine fantasy points per game last year without Russell Wilson. DK Metcalf averaged 15.9 fantasy points per game without Russell Wilson. So a significant difference. So it says go Metcalf. If you have to pick between the two, um, I would not pick either one before round or before the end of round four, start of round five. Personally, I would definitely wait till round five to think about drafting one of these two guys, especially or including Metcalf. Um, get an elite wide receiver, get two elite wide receivers before you, you draft Metcalf. And it, it's, again, this is not an indictment on his talent, on his ability. Um, it is an indictment on his offensive situation. It's a, a lot to do with the quarterback situation. Plenty of re- elite talented receivers don't have the support system around them to really elevate their fantasy game. Metcalf, I think this year is one of those and don't choose that DK Metcalf in round five um, in, in, in place of an elite quarterback. I think you should go with an elite quarterback first. Then there's Rashad Penny, the running back. Uh, average draft position at 82, which is around the mid, mid to mid late round six. CBS has him ranked as the number 29 running back. Uh, Fantasy Pros have him at 28. Yahoo has him at 26th. So there, there's going to be some good value, I think, in drafting Penny. I think we all can agree that Rashad Penny is going to get the bulk of the carries, especially with Ken Walker's uh, the third's injury. He's going to get the bulk of the carries, certainly early on. Um, of course, health willing. That's always the big thing with Rashad Penny. Um, with the, they're going to they're going to lean on that on that run game. They are. They're going to they're they're disastrously mediocre at quarterback. They have a young offensive line who I think might excel better at run blocking than pass blocking early on. And so I, I think Rashad Penny is a good value pick. I would say stash him in the seventh eighth round if if Rashad Penny's still on the board late seventh eighth round. There's a good, that's a good depth opportunity to, to add to your depth, to your flex positions at running back. Rashad Penny, I think is a great, great asset there. I would not pick him as the top two running back just with your, your starting two running back slots, just with the injury history and the Seahawks, you know, tentative situation on offense. He probably will put up some big numbers in some games, but I think he's an excellent flex or, or, or depth piece at running back. So uh, my advice overall, don't touch a Seahawks player in the first four rounds. <laughs> Just don't do it. They have a very young offensive line. Quarterback room is a mess. Um, if I were to pick, uh, if I were to have a safe bet among the three, I would be Rashad Penny. I think they really are going to rely heavily on the run game. Um, but again, not until seventh, eighth, ninth round. Stash them in there as, as a good depth. And then what about the Seahawks defense? Yahoo has them as, as ranked as the third worst fantasy defense ahead of this year, which I think is a little harsh. You know, with some of the pass rushing tools they have, Daryl Taylor, I think, is prime for a big year. You got Quandre Diggs and Jamal Adams, hopefully healthy. And and I think the cornerback position is better than some people think. I think the tackling, of course, is going to be a big issue. Um, But I don't think they're going to be the third worst defense in the league fantasy-wise. I think that's a little harsh. But I would not draft them. As I said before, draft defenses late, late, late in the draft. And keep in mind the the optimal, favorable offenses – they're going to play the matchups it's all about matchups with defense and special teams so maybe snag them on the waiver wire middle of the season if they're looking like they're making a rebound against a a poor offensive opponent maybe the falcons in week three maybe the giants in week eight at home i think those are good matchups if if your defense is struggling switch them out and see what the the seahawks can drum up 
But overall, I would stay very clear of the Seahawks defense. Let him go undrafted for now. Let someone else reach for him. And if someone picks him, I'm hoping, of course, that they, they rebound and they have a good season. But I'm a believer that you don't reach for a defense. Add depth to your whole team, your, your flex positions first, and then go for defense in the last couple of rounds. So Seahawks, I think that they're an undraftable defense right now. But that can change with some favorable matchups and you know playing above, above their expectations. You can follow me at NickLee51 on Twitter. Be sure to subscribe to Locked On Seahawks and give us a like, review, wherever you and however you listen. Locked On, uh, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, however you listen. We appreciate the love. We have actually seen some big success the last few months, or the last month, and it's all thanks to you, 12s. We love you guys. Thank you very much. Until next time, go Hawks.